Welcome to CrossFit vs Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to crossfitter to expecting first time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for do's and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby would be to speak to those with first-hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. So welcome, this is episode one. I'm really excited, I'm really scared and this is crazy. I can't believe that I'm here and I can at the same time living in this really weird like double reality of I can't believe I'm pregnant but I also am really excited. So I'm currently six weeks pregnant. No one knows yet apart from my partner Ollie obviously and my next go my my guest on today's podcast as well and also my masseuse but I'll come back to that because that was a really interesting conversation to say the least. So what's to come is I'm going to talk about how I found out that I was pregnant, how I've been feeling, of course I'm going to be talking about my training and how that's been going since I found out and perhaps before I found out and just share everything about my emotions and my body and what I'm experiencing so far in the very early stages of my pregnancy. So let's get started by introducing my first wonderful guest. I'm so excited to introduce you um, to her. She is someone that I've known for a very long time. She's an old friend and ex-midwife for the NHS. Um, this is Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Are Amazing. you okay? Yes, I'm doing okay. I'm today, actually, you know what? This is a really good distraction, a really good distraction. Well, let me tell a bit about Charlotte. I met Charlotte around 10 years ago when I began personal training members of her family. And she quickly grew a passion for fitness. And I did a bit of training with her myself, then pursued a career in sports therapy, but found that she had more of a love for the medical side of it and also building relationships with those clients. So she's always had an interest in pregnancy, um, always found it so fascinating and still does. So felt that midwifery would be a good move from, from there to, to now. But obviously she's no longer a midwife. So we're gonna find out a little bit about that now. Um, and also she's told me a fun fact, while she was studying sports therapy, she was a nurse on Holby City for six months. That's really cool. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Let's deep dive straight into that. Tell me about that. <laughs> um, I was, as part of obviously studying, you have to earn some money. Um, so I started doing some extras work and they knew that I was doing a medical-ish based course. Um, and they were like, oh, we need we need a nurse as an extra on Holby. Like, do you mind doing it? I was like, yeah, go for it. Try that something new. That is amazing. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I did a couple of days and then they just kept calling me back. So I clearly did something right. <laughs> do you think that was part of the reason that you went into the medical side of, you know, going into midwifery? Um, potentially. Like, although it's obviously, it's all completely unrealistic and fake and everything it it looks and feels very real so it probably did sort of spark a bit more of an interest in the hospital environment and like 
the medical side of things and actually doing various different things um rather than the sports therapy as such so it probably did help I um I spoke to one of the assistant directors um when I sort of announced on my Facebook that I uh, was doing midwifery as you do and he messaged me and he was like I'm gonna take I'm gonna take thanks from Holby for pushing you yeah. in this direction <laughs> and I was like yeah sure go for it <laughs> I love that I you know what it was probably one of those subliminal things that you didn't even realize yeah. was an influence oh well that's really great and, um, <laughs> And I think what what as well was so exciting for me when when you got in touch and reminded me that you um, were a qualified midwife when I was seeking someone for this podcast was knowing your passion for fitness and you know that was a huge direction for you at one point when it came to career choice and um, and I know when we spoke about this project that I was doing you were really interested at one point when you were when you were a midwife in in really understanding the link between pregnancy and fitness and so even though you are no longer a practicing midwife <coughs> I kind of thought that was even more perfect because one side of it is you have all the skills you have all the um, you know the education the the sort of black and white this is what we need to be doing for the NHS but then you can also now have a completely open opinion about perhaps the way that things were done and maybe things weren't necessarily the way that you would see them or the way that you would encourage women to exercise or approach their pregnancy so so I think my first real question in relation to naturally this podcast is meant to be focused more on training throughout pregnancy rather than the things that most women talk about which is the side the side effects the symptoms how we're feeling um, the body changes they're all going to be elements of what I want to discuss but there is not really anywhere that you can go that discusses whether it be an amateur athlete or someone that is just really into exercise or perhaps not so much and is a little bit worried about their health, what are the limitations? So I think the first place to start would be tell us a bit about what the limitations or if at all the NHS recommend when it comes to training throughout their pregnancies. So the main thing that I heard that was sort of said over and over again particularly at your booking appointments around eight week appointment with your mm -hmm. midwife the first time you ever meet your midwife it's exercise is very good in pregnancy however don't start anything you've done before for example don't start running in a marathon yeah obviously you get a bit of a chuckle for that but that is the basis of what I heard throughout my training you That's do crazy get, so that was I it. know yeah, it. it's wow. just exercise is good in pregnancy. Keep moving, listen to your body, which obviously is, that is the crux of it. Moving mm -hmm. and listening to your body is the perfect thing you can do. Mm -hmm. But for people like yourselves who don't just do exercise, you don't just go for a jog, um, that kind right. of thing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more than, like for you, that's not helpful. Exactly. Uh, like if someone just said to you, yep, you can move, don't do anything you haven't done before, you'd be like, great, so can I go do powerlifting or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, I mean, you can just be careful with your weights and everything like that, um, which obviously we'll discuss mm. later on. But yeah, there's not a huge amount. That it's, it's kind of surprising and unsurprising. I hate, you know, yeah. without, with, with, because 
you know, I always take the angle when it comes to the NHS. Of course, I'm I'm genuinely, and I and I, know, I don't mean to sound like a broken record like everyone else over the last few years with COVID. I'm genuinely so proud of our country and. I'm, I'm so grateful for the NHS and what it has to offer. And over the years, I have been, I've had a variety of operations for various health reasons. And I've been under some amazing care. And, I, and now I'm stepping into this new scary phase of my life, being pregnant. Um, again, I'm so grateful to have the NHS. But when it comes to the general advice that is given in relation to anything that can be quite specific it is very generalized which I can kind of understand it's a free it's a health service it's a free service we're not talking to specialists but at the same time there seems to be this like inconsistency about you know who we're talking to so um, you know, I'm anticipating, I'm yet to have my first appointment with my midwife. Um, I've actually got it booked in a couple of weeks time and I'm anticipating the conversation to be, oh, you can't do that, you know, um, unless a midwife is like you, for example, yeah. that perhaps a, has a little bit more of an insight or a background or a passion for training and fitness. So, okay, so if that's the NHS uh, uh, opinion, <laughs> what would be your approach as someone who understands perhaps a little bit more because of your own passion for fitness? I think a lot of it is down to personal choice. Uh, for example, skiing. Mm. I, as a midwife, you would recommend someone not ski. Yeah. And even if someone said to me that they were a really, really exper- experienced skier, like myself, I would mm. class myself as a really experienced skier, you would still say to them, we would generally recommend that you don't do it. Mm-hmm. You then obviously take that on yourself. For me personally, I would feel comfortable skiing in early pregnancy, but that is at my own risk. Yeah, I know that someone like a healthcare professional would advise me against that, yeah. but that is something that I personally feel that I'm okay to take that risk. Sure. When it comes to sort of um, the gym and sort of different kind of exercise like that, the main aspect of it is obviously guarding your abdomen. You don't want to do anything that's going to risk you falling on on your tummy, whether you've sure. got a bump there or not. And also keeping your body heat lower or as low as possible. So sort of doing rather than doing something at 100 percent, maybe taking it to 60, 70 percent and just not overexerting yourself like you would do normally yeah sure so so what would be the main reason behind that is it um in relation to i mean one of the things that i, I mean since learning that i've been pregnant i have li- i feel like i've read everything i could possibly <laughs> read i'm going to talk a little bit in a minute about my experience of conception and how quickly it happened and how we weren't expecting it and blah, blah, blah. But when I've done all this reading, that is something that I've read is about um, keeping your heart rate at a lower rate and blah, blah, blah. But again, it's very generalised. It doesn't tell you why. Right, it doesn't tell you why. And if I take someone like me, whose resting heart rate can be 45 beats per minute, and someone perhaps who does go to the gym, but perhaps resting heart rate is 75 beats per minute, I kind of understand the need to limit that person because their fitness and ability to recover obviously isn't going to be quite as good as as my body's capabilities. What would be the reason behind not allowing that intensity? So there's obviously a lot of um, 
physiological changes that go on in the body in pregnancy, even in early pregnancy, your heart rate increases, um, your blood pressure actually drops a little bit, your heart itself during pregnancy gets a little bit larger, which you wouldn't generally know that. And all of that is to accommodate for your growing baby Mm -hmm. um, and pushing the blood to the placenta so that the baby can get the extra blood as well because your blood volume itself increases which is obviously to do with you needing extra blood for a baby um, rather than just yourself so with those sort of changes especially with your like blood pressure going a bit lower that's why you generally find that if you suddenly stand up when you're pregnant you'll be like okay I need to sit down (laughs) like the room's spinning but also within the body your body temperature on the outside on the inside is one degree hotter so when you exert yourself your temperature your body temperature goes up along with your pulse so if your resting body temperature is say 36 for example and you go and do a workout you do an hour's workout really really smash it out and you check your temperature after that it'd probably be up like 37 Mm -hmm. then on the inside your body temperature is actually 38 so that baby is sitting in 38 degrees rather than maybe 36 degrees or 37 degrees as to what they're comfortable with so that sort of is that something that I would never know you know like it's like like exactly like you say there is all this guidance but yeah because I have done all of this reading and I am taking the mindset of um uh, well I've done lots of reading and I've also been in touch with a variety of professionals who I really trust in my sport and ask them their advice I think that the mo- the, the advice that I've got is if it feels okay keep doing it so when I've read things like you've just said about um body temperature I'm like oh well I'm, I'm gonna disregard that and heart rate yeah I'm gonna disregard that but actually hearing what you're saying like the medical background sense. behind it yeah right. exactly it makes complete sense so yeah um yeah I'm I think look you're you're already teaching me things that I was, <laughs> I was sort of going ah, I don't need to listen to that <laughs> it's why um obviously it gets said a lot not to have two hot baths or like go in yeah. a hot tub and that is all to do with body temperature so I mean you could have a lukewarm bath or get in a hot tub that's lukewarm mm-hmm. um but you don't want to be sitting in a bath or a hot tub that's maybe 36 degrees and you get out and you're sweating yeah because yeah you just don't want to increase that um internal temperature um as it's things like that that can sort of upset the baby and potentially be a very small risk to miscarriage in pregnancy everything everything is Mm -hmm. a risk to the baby it's really difficult um say for example taking medicine um paracetamol is deemed to be safe in pregnancy and you could take something else and it say that it's not safe in pregnancy because it hasn't been ethically ethically tested sure however your medical professional may, may still well tell, tell you to take it if mm. that makes sense yeah mm. and everything because it's very very difficult to test anything in pregnancy because of the ethics behind it yeah I think that's why say with exercise it's very difficult to test why something Absolutely. would be okay and why it wouldn't be okay mm. Um, which is probably part of the reason why everything is very grey and not specific apart from just move, just move and it'll be okay. (laughs) And you're so right. And I said this in my introduction um, to this podcast in that 
why would mums open themselves up for you know medical study when they're pregnant if they're putting their baby at risk they're not going to do it right so exactly so I completely get that I think what I wanted to document was the experience of a variety of women and coaches and my own experience and not to kind of direct people or tell people this is how to do it but to give people more specialized um experience more specialized opinion um like for you from from coming from you the medical side of things so that people can really come to one place and just understand it for themselves and make their own choices because as as my own research has found there is so much opinion um as opposed to fact and opinions can be really opposing you know so you can have one opinion that's that says you know like what you've said if you're if you feel okay and and you know what you're doing and and you're whatever then then keep going and other opinions that say you're gonna harm your baby if you lift a barbell or you know whatever so it all comes down to personal opinion a lot of the time so getting as many opinions as possible I think is is the best way that we can make our own um our own decisions so already that's that's enlightened me a lot because I guess my next question was in relation to where I'm at so this is a very new experience for me I'm a first time um mum this is my first pregnancy when I first found out as I said in the introduction I my my immediate thought was I've got to try and keep training and how can I do that safely for myself for my baby um throughout but I'm really in the early stages the first trimester and if you know anything about pregnancy you're kind of made to feel a little bit scared in your first trimester (laughs) it's it's the most important for um you know organ growth of the baby and development and that kind of thing so you're you you kind of have to immediately put your life on hold a little bit to kind of make sure that nothing really goes wrong and well that's kind of how I felt I felt like shit I can't I literally can't do anything and naturally that you know the more important things like drinking and and lifestyle and that kind of thing of course that's that's a no-brainer to me but I, I was thinking I'm not I'm not ready to you know throw the towel in and change my <laughs> hang up, hang up your barbell <laughs> yeah exactly so six weeks in what would be your personal with your medical background of course but not as an NHS midwife but as you what would be your personal guidance for me at six weeks I would say it's going to sound so cliche listen to your body Um, the most important thing you can do is listen to your body if you say you go to bed at 10 p.m you're like yeah I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m gonna do a workout Mm -hmm. or go to CrossFit or whatever and then it gets to 5 30 a.m your alarm goes off you're like I really really am not feeling it today ask yourself am I not feeling it because I'm not motivated it's 5 30 a.m and I really just can't be bothered to get up (laughs) or is it my body genuinely feels like it just doesn't want to do this maybe yeah. yet this this early in the morning or is it maybe going to be a bit of a take it easy day mm-hmm. there's just so many hormonal physiological changes that in those first particularly 12 weeks like you go through you might have an hour where you feel like you're on top of the world and then the next hour you feel like you're throwing your guts up yeah and a lot of it in those first three months or 12 weeks is about listening to your body and if you do if you genuinely feel like yeah I can do this 
like go for it um obviously don't put in like I've seen the kind of workouts you do and maybe don't go quite so hard um <laughs> but yeah like maybe take a bit longer of a rest between your sets yeah, yeah. um drop your weight by a couple of kilos mm-hmm. um if you do an exercise and you're like this is my normal weight and I feel fine mm-hmm. then go with that very much concentrate on your pelvic floor as well and make sure that you're working your pelvic floor as well because that is so important not only in pregnancy but for women of all ages yeah <laughs> um 100%. pre post pregnancy everything um pelvic floor is definitely one of those things that as women we're like yeah know that it's important but you don't really pay attention to it um and then you either get pregnant or have a baby or you get to your late later in life and you're like oh I really should have done something about that (laughs) so yeah I think the most important thing in the first 12 weeks is just listen to your body and yeah like we've said sort of make sure you're not overexerting yourself so not going crazy where you're sweat dripping sweat Mm -hmm. and you can like feel your heart beating out your chest I would love to share a little bit about my experience over the first sort of the the first six weeks I mean the first four I didn't have a clue obviously (laughs) no no one really does (laughs) no I it's a really strange thing reflecting and looking back um because I definitely didn't know but actually when I found out reflecting and looking back there were definitely things that I wouldn't normally experience in terms of exhaustion and I guess that's something that I wanted to ask if if that was perhaps looking back am I overthinking it or is it normal uh so so to sort of give you a bit of a background my partner and I decided last year that 2022 was going to be the year that we started trying for a family I'm 35 this year I know that there's quite a few women on my mum's side that took a long time for them to get pregnant so I was kind of thinking well if this is going to take me two years I need to kind of think about doing this sooner rather than later. So we we approached the conception with um, thinking that it's going to take quite a long time for me to get pregnant. So I had um, a, a coil and I had that removed in March and I actually felt incredibly rough uh, having that removed. Fortunate enough to have a good friend of mine who's a doctor and she said that it, it could possibly be the imbalance of hormones that I experienced just feeling really dizzy and just really shit, just felt really rough. And I did read um, quite a lot about other women experiencing the same. I think when you've had a low-dose progesterone being uh, released into your body for a long time, uh, it's quite normal for your body to react to that when you have it removed. So that was that was pretty rubbish having my coil out so that was in March so between the period that I think that I um that we conceived and finding out I actually competed in a competition uh, a crossfit competition uh, I actually did two I did one the week before and one the week after conception and looking back I was abnormally exhausted (laughs) on the second. And I don't know whether it, you know, now looking back and working out dates, is it possible really for me to be, you know, two weeks in? The chances of you actually feeling anything, like although that's when you're technically pregnant, Mm -hmm. um, the body wouldn't have started doing anything 
at that point, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it was totally just me being knackered then. It was nothing to do with actual conception. (laughs) If those dates are correct, I did a competition on Sunday the 8th, which was great. Yeah. Um, I think I ovulated on the 12th, so between the 10th and 12th. And then I had another competition on Sunday the 15th, which I felt shit for. (laughs) To be fair, the Sunday the 15th one could be pregnancy related um like i said like it can move by a couple it's only an approximation anyway Mm -hmm. so it could be that your 15th we'll go with that we'll blame we'll blame the hormone changes (laughs) (laughs) it definitely it definitely could have been that yeah i mean it's possible and it was just really interesting looking back at the dates and thinking you know why did i that was so abnormal for me to feel so exhausted that day you know I'm, i'm a real strict advocate of getting the right amount of sleep eating right hydration you you know all I tick all the boxes so there was nothing you know I didn't drink the night before or anything like that so I couldn't I couldn't have said that anything had thrown me out apart from potentially hormonal changes so that was really interesting I definitely think there probably is changes happening earlier than we maybe think there is yeah Mm. I think as well like you said at the beginning in relation to training everyone is different everyone is so different yeah. and um so who knows but um I think I'm gonna blame it for sure um yeah so I would go back, with that <laughs> yeah, good I like that so then going back to finding out I've been so vigilant with my cycle for quite a long time so I knew when my period was due I was going away with my family for a few days and I knew that I was due to come on the day that I was leaving. So I thought, oh, I'll do one of these early pregnancy tests. I don't know how good they are. It came back as negative, thinking that it was meant to show me six days before my missed period. Well, this was like on the day of my missed period. Yeah. Did one, was negative. So kind of went away thinking, I'm definitely not pregnant. I'll come on within 12 hours or something yeah actually reflecting back I took you know all the sanitary products that I needed and I didn't use them and I actually completely (laughs) forgot and you know I had a great weekend away with my family I drank and ate like I would normally which isn't in excess but you know I'd have a glass of wine with dinner you enjoyed yourself yeah and I came back and um my partner was here on the Monday and I, I was like unpacking and saw my sanitary products and was like shit I didn't use any of these (laughs) I think why (laughs) I was so confused (laughs) and Ollie Ollie was Misha I think you should uh I think you should do a test I was like okay well I did one a few days ago what's changed you know like we haven't we haven't done anything (laughs) Um, I don't don't think it shut that quickly anyway just you know in my head it was just totally impossible yeah because I'd done one three days before and it was negative and I did one it was positive I did another because I didn't believe it it was positive <laughs> um and so we were both in real shock at how quickly um I got pregnant because realistically having spoken to my doctor um, when I had my coil removed that first month of hormonal adjustment didn't even count towards um, conception because it's really unlikely it's really really unlikely when you get your coil removed that that month's going to count so realistically it literally took us two months to get pregnant which that's amazing pretty much blew my mind as a 34 year old woman with women who I've like I've said in my family who struggled and my mum being one of them 
it took her the best part of two years, I think, to get pregnant with, with my brother. So I think it was such a shock um, for both of us because I think, you know, I'd convinced Dolly, oh, it's probably going to take us a year or so, you know, let's not, yeah. let's not think <laughs> Worst that case it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Exactly. So I'm not saying that I'm disappointed or, um, you know, in any way, worried at all or anything like that I'm so happy and I'm so excited I just didn't expect it I didn't expect our bodies to do so well basically well done well done, <laughs> well done bodies, bodies. <laughs> <laughs> so um then going into my first week that I knew uh, that's when I started doing loads of research and actually something that hit me pretty quickly which only lasted for about three days total and I haven't had it since and I never suffer from heartburn I had this horrific heartburn um oh my god it was just awful it didn't matter <laughs> what I did what you know what I ate what I drank what I didn't eat or what I didn't drink it was just constant for about three days and that to me was a real sign that I'm definitely pregnant because I I don't think I've apart from maybe when I was at uni and drinking heavily um <laughs> I don't think I've ever had heartburn just destroying your body <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so that was pretty gross and I think I mentioned really early on um I am as someone who takes my training really seriously um as I mentioned in the introduction to this podcast I train or have been training twice a day for five days of the week um for the last 18 months and so I have regularly have a, a sports massage of course why wouldn't I it's part of my <laughs> rehabilitation so I actually had a massage booked on the Wednesday I found out I was pregnant on the Tuesday so I'm sat there I've got um, cups on my shoulders I've got needles um, like you know dry needles like from acupuncture yeah. in my neck and I was lying on my back and Faith who is my masseuse and really good friend she was asking me she knew that we were trying she was asking me how it was going and I was like yes yeah, all chill we know <laughs> I was just pretending even though inside I knew that I was pregnant and she just happened to drop into the conversation that you know when you do get pregnant you're gonna have to tell me because I have to change the the way in which I massage you and the techniques that I use for example I can't cup you I shouldn't use needles <laughs> so then I'm like shit, shit. I, um what what am I gonna do like I'm, I'm lying here knowing I literally found out yesterday I'm freaking out I've got all these needles on my neck she was just about to actually um, go quite deep into um, my pelvis because I had a bit of a complaint in my hip. And she was just like, you know, I won't be able to massage around your pelvis for obvious reasons. And I, I had to say, look, I can't believe that you're going to be the first person that I'm told, but I'm pregnant. She was like, what? Did Ollie even know at that point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ollie, okay. Ollie was aware. <laughs> Ollie was aware. Yeah, he was there when the pregnancy test happened. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I literally said, I can't believe it. I found out yesterday and I'm telling you. Um, but she was, like I say, she's known me for a long time. She knows my body. She knows my training. We spoke about it. We decided that I, we wouldn't have another treatment until after my eight week um, first appointment with my midwife. Um, just for peace of mind for both of us, I guess. Um, but she did change the treatment immediately, which felt really strange considering... Um, you know the treatment yeah that I'm used like to. one one minute it was one minute you had an acupuncture needle in you the next it was like oh this isn't loud anymore yeah exactly exactly so so 
I think so many things have shocked me, apart from kind of un- expecting people to share their opinions on training and my outlook on the way that I want my pregnancy to go and the way that I want to maintain my life as much as I can, including massage and all of those things. There are things that I have to adapt to. And of course, of course, being pregnant, I'm carrying a little human, you know. <laughs> well, not at the moment. It's not a little human. You are. But, um... <laughs> I, I, go, I go with the opinion that it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's definitely growing, right? So, yeah, exactly. I'm very aware that, you know, I, and that's why I was ready. I knew in my mind that I was ready for pregnancy because I was open for the changes that I was going to have to um I was going to have to go with and you know whether it be my body or adapt to my training or my life or my lifestyle of course anyone has to take that um but I think I was really surprised about the massage I I, I thought I just probably wouldn't be able to have them but no we just had to oh no you can side. definitely have them 100% yeah. have massages <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna want them <laughs> yeah oh 100% I'm gonna want them. Um, they'll just change a little bit yeah, just uh, so immediately we just turned onto my side and we, you know, got rid of the um, the needles and the <clears throat> and the cupping and that kind of thing and and we just didn't go really hard essentially, but <laughs> it was it was still needed and it was still really beneficial. So I think anyone that trains hard and gets pregnant, don't rule them out. You know, don't think that they're gonna be the really shitty tickle you turn into a spa massage yeah a deep massage if i'm training i don't want i don't want to be tickled i want someone yeah i don't want you to stroke my back no exactly so i've got a partner that can do that exactly exactly (laughs) if i'm paying you i want you to fix me yeah (laughs) so so that was really a a very early um learning curve i should say (laughs) and obviously faith was wonderfully excited of course um but she was really professional about the whole thing so then going into week five and week six um week five not a lot changed um what i did find was that my i suddenly felt really exhausted and so immediately what i did which i think surprised quite a lot of um people that don't know that i'm pregnant was stop training twice a day so to to give you an insight into my training um monday tuesday wednesday and friday morning i train early early morning at 6 30 and then um on those same days i would train um either i mean depending on my work i would either train at lunchtime or later on in the evening as well and what i was finding is I am not someone that needs to sleep in the day. I'm not someone that naps. I was finding that by the afternoon, once I'd done some work um, and I'd done my training in the morning, I wanted to go to sleep. (laughs) You needed that nap. (laughs) I was so tired. And like I say, for someone who doesn't nap, um, I'm more of a I'd rather go to bed early kind of person. I needed to sleep. And and it was just this overwhelming, I can't physically sit up, I need to sleep, which is so strange for someone that doesn't experience that. So I, I just sort of thought I've now got to do exactly what I've read, which is I've got to listen to my body and realise that training is still going to be a part of my journey. But when it happens is kind of well I've just got to go with the flow so I stopped training twice a day and um, actually what I found was that my the nausea started to kick in um, which is really fun 
it's for it's pretty dull. Yeah. Um, but the nausea, I, I mean, at six weeks, I can say I've had one incident where I was sick. To give you detail, because I know everybody wants detail, <laughs> it was a moment that I was on. Un- it was unexpected, so I was sick in my mouth. <laughs> oh, oh no! That's it, was, the worst. <laughs> it was one of those really like took me by surprise moments, um. But otherwise, no. Otherwise, it has just been nausea, and it's been early. And what I have found, which was another, which is another reason for me to be motivated to get up and exercise in the morning. Apart from the fact that I am a morning person. Getting up and exercising early makes me feel so much better for work. It allows me to focus more. I just feel just generally so much better uh, for the day that if I did wake up feeling nauseous, going and exercising actually reduced that nausea. And whether it be prolonged and, you know, I feel better all day was one thing or whether it just helped to subside it for a while was another thing. So so that has been a real massive motivator for me. Um to continue training early and what I found now week six is the only other thing is my boobs have got suddenly (laughs) um and you know if, if people aren't noticing that well you know I mean if I saw someone suddenly grow boobs like me I would be like she's pregnant because and or she's had an operation they've just like they feel like they've doubled in size they are so sensitive they're so so swollen i've had to go and buy a new bra um already and i'm like surely at six weeks what is going on so is this normal that my boobs have grown so much absolutely absolutely um you actually stopped producing milk at 12 weeks which seems incredibly early but yeah you start your so at the moment your boobs are getting ready to make like obviously all of the anatomy is there to make Mm -hmm. the milk but the sort of breast tissue itself needs to change a little bit on the inside to be able to start producing the milk but yeah you start producing milk um from 12 weeks and you'll also find that your actual nipples change as well Mm, the areola gets bigger darker the actual nipples get bigger all to aid your beautiful newborn to be able to find find their food yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 exactly why pregnancy and everything fascinates me because the changes that go on in your body so quickly as well, you just you just don't expect it. They will slow down. Don't worry. <laughs> they it's they just... won't just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> well, that's that was kind of my fear, and I'm glad that I've, you've said that because I'm thinking, yeah, shit, six weeks. If they've got this big, how big are they going to get? Right? <laughs> yeah, they, they don't keep going. Don't worry. Until okay, after good. you've had until after you've had the baby, and then when they get full of milk, they do get bigger. But you then feed the baby, and they go down again. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, they don't just they don't keep growing the whole. Okay. The whole 40 Ooh. weeks of pregnancy. My gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ab- absolutely normal. A lot of people find that um, it's so... Early pregnancy is basically PMS, but mm. worse. But yeah, absolutely normal. Good. I mean, good and... <laughs> and it will get better. Good. Okay. I mean, no, I mean, it's just... I think it was just such a shock. I didn't yeah. expect that to happen so quickly. So I quickly. Mean, it's, inev- it's inevitable. They're going to... Of course, they're going to get bigger. I get that. Yeah. But I think, for me, in terms of my body, that's really the only sign. But because of my fitness um and the training that I do it's quite obvious that my boobs are bigger so yeah well it really is obvious to me um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that 
um you know most most people would would notice it if i mean if let's just put it like this if my other half has gone jesus your boobs look massive then and he's a someone man, else has thought that <laughs> then someone else has thought it for sure yeah <laughs> again just to put into context about my training um i i'm still going to train a couple of times a day if i want to so now i'm in week six I trained twice a day um, on Tuesday because I felt really good. I didn't have any nausea. Um, I actually really wanted to, to do it. Um, and I think that's been the key for these first couple of weeks of knowing is genuinely listening to my body, which when you have an athlete's mindset, whether it be <laughs> CrossFit or bodybuilding or any competitive sport, that regardless of how you feel in your mindset you have to get up and get it done it's push push through the pain yeah push through the pain that's that is that is the mindset that you have to have when you're doing that kind of extreme sport absolutely and now i have recognized that that needs to take um that needs to take a massive step to one side and yeah as much as you know training is always going to be a part of my life in whatever capacity right now it is not my priority it is not I'm not seeking to hit pbs or improve techniques or you know improve my performance or aesthetic certainly not aesthetic Um, (laughs) it's right now I've got to do it for the enjoyment because I love it for the social um and to stay healthy and fit for my pregnancy and post-pregnancy so so if it means that I feel good and I want to train then I'm going to train and if it means that I feel rubbish and I want to sleep then I'm going to sleep and that's been a again sort of just cemented that I'm definitely ready for this that I could make yeah. that make that easy transition to say no I really need to listen to my body now um yeah I definitely think that's the best mindset you can have and I feel like you've definitely hit the nail on the head the change in your mindset is like it's very obvious if you are like yeah no I I need to nap <laughs> yeah um yeah, and actually yeah. just accepting that yeah yeah and and as the weeks progress and we discuss further down the line uh, the changes and what I'm experiencing I'm sure things will continue to change and that's what's so incredible about pregnancy but also you have to be open for that um so yeah. everybody that I mean, the best advice that I could give anyone at this very early, inexperienced stage of six weeks that is considering getting pregnant or having a baby or is trying and still trains like an athlete or has that mindset is, are you genuinely in the right mindset to be able to make these changes and allow those changes to happen without putting up barriers? Because I think if we'd have discussed getting pregnant last year or the year before there was just no way that I was ready to make those sacrifices um so knowing that you're in the right place mentally to be able to say it's okay that I can't train as hard or my body's going to change or whatever it is that really freaks you out the most then you've got to kind of come to terms with those things before you commit to such a huge life-changing um event definitely so I think we have been talking for ages and um for a first podcast um after we were discussing and worrying so much that we might only have 10 minutes i think 
I've you're gonna been... have tons to edit <laughs> absolutely um we've proven a point though that there is so much to discuss and that is why I'm genuinely so so honored to have you um here with me on this episode and many more to come as my pregnancy progresses um so so to give you guys a heads up of what is next um we're going to come back when i'm eight weeks so just a couple of weeks time because i feel like the first trimester like i said earlier on is quite a scary time especially as a new mum or a first time mum to really understand limitations and what we shouldn't shouldn't be doing so i'm going to come back to you in a couple of weeks time with charlotte again and we're going to talk about how the last the weeks six seven eight have been and by then i'll also have had my first midwife appointment so i can talk about that and my experience with that but i just want to say thank you so much charlotte for jumping on and getting involved absolutely more than welcome and um, you're it, it fun and lovely to speak to you oh that's so sweet well um you might change your mind over the pregnancy if i I get to moaning a lot more but we'll see hopefully not so yeah stay tuned for that i think what i wanted to just leave you guys um to get in touch with me is something as i mentioned earlier on my boobs have changed and something that i have struggled with i guess since having my boobs done a couple of years ago is finding an appropriate bra for training that gives me the support that i need for the intensity and the impact um, of exercise that i do a lot of high intensity training bras or crossfit style um, bras are targeted for women with very little boob um so i want to ask you guys to get in touch with me Firstly, if you've got any comments or anything that you want to say about the podcast, I'd love you to get in touch. But also, if you have any recommendations for training bras um, when you're pregnant or when your boobs have got bigger, um, I would love, love, love your input. I really would because I'm, I just know I'm going to need to buy a few soon. <laughs> so <laughs> please get in touch. Keep, keep them contained. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So please get in touch if you guys have any recommendations on that. Or if there's anything else you want to share um, about your own experiences, I'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at info at MishaPT.com. Or failing that, if you go down to the episode notes, you can get in touch with me on any of the social media platforms. And soon enough, we will have a podcast social media platform um, going live too hopefully if you guys love this as much as i do so please subscribe like and share to anyone that you think might benefit from this podcast whether they are a new mum themselves or they have children or they're thinking about having um, their first baby we'd love for them to hear this and get involved so thank you so much for listening charlotte i'll see you in a couple of weeks thank you see you soon see you soon and guys i'll see you in a couple of weeks thanks so much for listening bye Yo, 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 yo